Welcome to episode 40 of The Ball Run, the official podcast for snooker professional Stuart Bingham. This content is sponsored by Q Creator, the experts in bespoke Q design. It's a show in which I, sports journalist James Colasanti, ask a man nicknamed Ball Run about recent results and life on tour. Good morning, mate. How are you today? Yeah, not too bad. Sort of uh, just chilling, just chilling out around the house and uh, just about to sort of go and do some hours on the practice table. Good, good. Gearing up for Christmas. I saw the tree went up the other day. Um, you, you're getting ready for it? Yeah, well, Michelle is. Um, <laughs> right. So, uh, yeah, no, uh, there's always sort of time after York. It's now it's sort of uh, a race to get the presents done and and things like that uh, in between the tournaments. So, um, yeah, it's going to be obviously not a busy time on the table, but busy time shopping. Yeah, I suppose for a snooker player, the tournaments probably like schedule your year, don't they? It kind of, they, it, you know, if, if they're on at the same time every year, you realise that, like say, it's UK's and it's Christmas, and is that how it feels to you, yeah? Yeah, yeah, obviously you go, go to York, like it's absolutely a gorgeous place to go, yeah. Christmas markets, uh, and it's just a nice sort of chilled atmosphere at, up there, so... Uh, Sort of try and stay in there as long as possible, but um, yeah, it's sort of yeah, get through the UK and then you sort of like home straight to Christmas. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's crack on. Plenty, of, plenty for us to discuss since the last episode. Um, uh, we'll start with some good news about a new sponsor for you. Um, it's Outlaw Pro, the Essex-based fishing tackle specialists. Uh, they supply everything to any carp, match, course, or predator anglers um, out there. Um, and as I've mentioned to you, as a guy still chasing a nice 30 mirror out of my local uh, club lake this winter, I'll be checking out their stuff myself. Um, so tell us a bit about, how, you know, how did the hookup with, with Outlaw Pro come about? Um, the, one of the CEOs, uh, a guy named Stuart Lawson, um, he's actually a friend of the family. I met him at um, a family wedding, um, literally only two or three weeks ago. Hmm. Um, and um, he does a lot for charities and... Um, he sort of how it sort of started. He, he wanted sort of me to sort of be a trustee of one of his charities. He wants to do um, sort of like he, he gives a he gives away a lot for charity, and he, he just wanted to do something like at home yeah. um, for like Basildon and Wickford, um, for, sort of for the homeless. Mm. So he wanted sort of me. He was going to ask me to be one of his trustees, which I've obviously agreed to. Um, and uh, yeah, just sort of it all started from there, and. Um, he sort of knew that I was going to be at this wedding two months before it happened. Right. So uh, he sort of made a beeline for me. Um, he, he's good friends with sort of people like Paul Parker, right. Tony Gow, Paul Walsh. Oh, right. Um, he's got all football the, connections, basically. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, okay. so he sort of, uh, obviously he's ran sort of Ramsden and Billericay Way. Yeah, right. So, um, yeah, he's, he's got them as trustees of some of the charities and uh, so he, he thought, who better than having a sort of Basden boy yeah. sort of being a trustee of one of his charities and, and it sort of worked from there really and then all of a sudden he's and I, I sort of mentioned I like my manager he said you still playing and all this and all that and I said yeah we've got my manager he's like my sponsor and he said like he said would you would you sort of think of a sponsor I'm like yeah of course and um, and that's how obviously Outlaw Pro's come mm-hmm. um, but uh, yeah it's with a twist he, he's He's uh, he's sort of like a, a Barry Earn. You're in his company for ten minutes, and you feel like you can beat the world up. Right, good. And uh, yeah, he's very sort of powerful, and um, in what he says and things like that. So he's he's actually going to do me a massive favour, and he's going to get me a personal trainer, uh, get myself fit, a nutritionist. So yeah, 
you, you've seen a few on tour at the moment, John Higgins, Chris Wakelin losing like four stones. So uh, yeah. we're sort of looking at looking at things like that sort of thing to uh, to sort of as, as a sponsorship deal, really. Nice one. We'll have to get you out on the bank, mate. Get you chucking a line out, playing a big uh, fish, and uh, yeah, that'll be amusing. It's always fun when the alarm goes off. So um, yeah, yeah. I, I ain't been, I ain't been since I was a kid. Like right. I used to go with my dad pike fishing. Yeah. In the win, in the winter months, yeah. and um, yeah, obviously catch a few carp here and there. But uh, yeah, yeah. Sort of. Uh, I went to his showroom the other day, and uh, it looks amazing. Nice one. Well, listen. I mean, for any listeners, you can find out uh, all about the Outlaw Pro Range. Um, of products by visiting www.outlawpro, so O-U-T-L-A-W-P-R-O.co.uk. And, of course, I'll leave that website address in the show notes. Um, well, let's, let's move on to the snooker stew, and we'll take it in chronological order since we last spoke. Um, so we'll start with a 4-3 defeat to Fergal O'Brien in the English Open. Uh, it was one of those um, wham-bam best-of-sevens um, in which he edged the decider. Um was that it? Was that was that about the size of it? It was. It was just you know one of those sort of quick matches, uh, basically. Yeah. Um, obviously, the first match I played uh, the Hong Kong uh, woman on Yi. Um, I pl- played sort of pre- pretty well. Sort of got. Um, I, even though I lost the first frame, I scored pretty well in that match, and um, sort of same happened in in the next match against Fergal. Um, I was two 0 down. Should have easily been two 0 up. I've lost a, I think a black ball and a pink ball. Uh, game and I had every chance of winning them um, and then I've made three good breaks to go through to I was on a break of 50 I, I've missed a red in the middle that it might have just turned a little bit up um, and then just sort of the way it's all sort of been going at the moment I sort of I've ended up losing that frame and then I've lost obviously a tight decider um, I've, I've lost four three but I should have won every frame sort of thing mm. uh, and it's just frustrating at the moment what 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 it's just happening it's all we could have got through that match and I could have maybe probably gone and won the tournament I felt sort of pretty good but yeah. just it seems everything going against me a bit and uh but it sort of it makes you stronger for the obviously next tournament so um yeah it was just disappointing to lose to Fergal obviously he's a great lad and we got on really well um it was just yeah just disappointed to, to lose it sort of driving home just couldn't work out how I've lost sort of thing. Mm, those fine margins. We'll come on to, to that again in a minute because obviously that's, that's come up uh, in recent times. But um, look, I mean, in mid-November, it was your well-publicised late call-up for the uh, champion of champions uh, following Mark Allen's withdrawal. Um, a golden ticket, as I've seen it described. Uh, but it ended at the first hurdle as a couple of misreads proved decisive in a uh, 4-2 defeat to Ronnie O'Sullivan. Um so I mean, it seemed to like it seemed like a whirlwind, you know, the call up, the play, and everything. You know, when the dust settled, how did you reflect on it when it was all over? Yeah, it's how you sort of very sort of similar to the Fergal game. I, I had my chances. Hmm. Um, Ronnie didn't play that great, to be fair. So it, it was a chance gone. Um, it'd have been nice to sort of have a few matches in it, um, but um, yeah, it was a it was a result getting in it, um, but. Uh, yeah, obviously, had a match went. I was really nervous at the start, just mm. been in that one table set up. Uh, I missed a red in the middle at the end of the first frame, and he, he cleared up from it. And uh, I always say you need that first frame under your belt to sort of settle down. And obviously, I made it one all, and then 
blink of an eye, you sort of three one down. You I sort of played a safety shot. The red went over the hole. He's made eighty off it, um, and then a couple of chances in the next, and say I was three one down. I, I still felt like I could do. I could maybe probably get involved in a match again, and mm. obviously made it three two, and then. He got in and made a break, and then say in, in the in the sort of what was it the sixth frame, I had a chance to to sort of clear up to make it free, or and I've missed a another easy red under the black that um, I'd made probably pop nine times out of ten, and uh, it's just it's just sort of disappointing at the moment. I think the frustration mm. nearly I sort of went to sort of break the queue. It, it's just mm. getting that frustration at the moment. It's just. It's just hard to take, and uh, that was it. Yeah, lost that four-two, and obviously heading home. Yeah, yeah, and and then it was on to the uh, the UK Championship. Um, of course, the one event I and I'm sure all of your fans want you to win more than any other to uh, to complete your career uh, triple crown. Um, uh, you saw you uh, claim wins over Dean Young and Stuart Carrington, um, and they proceeded a six-five defeat to Thailand's Nepon uh, Seng Kam. Uh, and for anyone who doesn't know, Stuart fought back from 5-0 down to level before losing the decider after his opponent made a brilliant 1-2-1 one, one break. Uh, I mean, gutting doesn't cover it, mate, but but how are you feeling about it now? Yeah, so, like, it, I've got, I have got some confidence um, from it. The, obviously, the first match, um, I was 4, I can't think what I was, 4-1 up to 4-3 to 5-3, and and he, he sort of brought the game to me, Dean. Um, he mm. played pretty well, and uh, he, he sort of getting on with it. He was like you could see, he's sort of a good break builder. Um, and yeah, he took the game to it, and obviously a fifty-nine minute decider. Mm. Sort of got lucky to sort of still be in a tournament, but um, uh, and then yeah, into my next match, Stuart Carrington. And he was a bit under the weather. Um, he was sniffing more or less every shot, right. and. Uh, he, he sort of looked, say, he sort of played how he looked, sort of thing. He, he weren't, he weren't at the races, and uh, I, I got going after the break. I think at three two, I'm obviously won the last sort of three frames pretty easy, and uh, yeah, um, obviously made a good clearance. I think to win six two as well. So uh, it sort of took the confidence from that match and gone in obviously against Nopon, and um, mm. he just, he just sort of took every chance. Sort of, I gave him um, made maybe probably a couple of mistakes, but from there he he, he totally punished me and maybe probably deservedly five 0 Well, maybe probably could have gone two one. Mm. I had a couple of chances in the balls, but again didn't take them. But uh, at five 0 you sort of surrender and you sort of give up. And next thing you know, you've won won a frame, and uh, he, he started to miss a couple. Obviously, getting slowly back into the match, and yeah, to make it five all. You say so you always want that one chance. I broke off. I left it sort of a red come up. Left obviously snookered him. Left him in a horrible position. Mm. He, he hit the pink, and he left me a red. And it, sort of like you say, that's a difference of maybe we get against sort of winners and and not winners of tournaments. So I'll see that as a chance. Mm. I rattled the red. I knew I, the white was going into the reds and opened up. As soon as I missed it and I looked at the table, I knew that was it. Yeah. I think I think he had like fifty points before he, he could do any like any any hard work sort before of thing. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, and, uh, just fall, didn't it? Nice. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, it's, that's it. And like you say, sort of people may probably get a five all and not take that opportunity. Mm. But I always think like at five nil down, I'd have been grateful for that opportunity. Yeah. 
yeah. have a chance to win a match and um, I think that's the difference between sort of winners and not winners yeah um, and uh, but this time it, it was, wasn't meant to be and so obviously on, on to the next one but um, that, to sort of show some sort of character from five all down to make it five all we'd yeah. say it's gave me a, a little bit, bit of belief that um of the next couple of tournaments hopefully I can have a deep run in the tournament yeah it does feel like there's something in there there's something brewing it just all needs to come together but um yeah yeah, yeah. I mean look related to the uh snooker but but not directly on the table I mean before I we go I think it would probably be remiss of me not to ask you about the amateur versus pro uh storm sparked by comments um, initially by, by Sean Murphy and, and a lot of um, other fellow pros afterwards. Um, you know, I'll be obviously say what you like on Andre carefully, but, but what's your take on all of that, mate? Um, yeah, obviously, with what Sean, he has got a point, um, but if you sort of like amateurs, maybe probably shouldn't be in, in tournaments, but if you want to grow the game, I think you've got to allow sort of mm. top-ups to sort of, no one wants to see buys. Um, in tournaments, sort of, they'd maybe obviously rather fill it up. And obviously, the system we've got from the Q school, but if they, if obviously the people that don't get on, they're they're allowing um, obviously like a ranking system. So if if the hundred twenty eight person don't enter, hmm. obviously it goes to the first person on the Q school list. Yeah, order of merit. So um, the system's in place. Um, People can moan about all they want, but that's how, how it is. Mm. Um, I think it's it's good. Some I think it was Barry. I see um, a post by Barry Pinches that like back in the day, Sean Murphy got a wild card yeah. on the tour. Yeah. So it's like it's been happening for years. Yeah. I remember people like sort of Dennis Taylor. Yeah. Uh, they all look for their own benefit, mm. um, but you got to look at the bigger picture and 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 just maybe probably to get amateurs and. And like young kids sort of getting experience, mm. like Sean himself, he was. I remember he was sponsored by Doctor Martins at sort of the old Premier League matchroom league, yeah, yeah. and he was playing obviously the likes of Hendry and John Higgins and Ronnie when he was a twelve, thirteen year old lad. Mm. So he, he was like back then. Then pros are sort of going, this kid shouldn't even be in it. Yeah. Now now the foot's on the other foot. He, <laughs> he's saying the same thing. So yeah, it swings around. It, the yeah. Yes. Yeah. So um, I think it's, I think it's uh, a maybe a good addition. Obviously, you, you've got to go into them sort of matches with the right attitude. If you're thinking that this kid shouldn't be on tour, you, you you're not in the right frame of mind. Mm. Um, so yeah, uh, but like it shows you what sort of like what standard even players that are not on tour are. Mm. The, the, yeah. the level of the game's gone so strong. It's sort of like you say. We're looking at the UK Championships and is it three, three top 16 left yeah. in the last yeah. 16? Yeah, they've all tumbled, haven't they? That's it's, right. Yeah, yeah exactly. Mm. All, all, all the top 16 are sort of getting beat and it just it shows you, you you've got to be on top of your game just to win where maybe probably 20, 30 years ago you could pick, like you could name the quarterfinalist sort of thing or the last six, mm. 16 of tournaments. Mm. Um, but yeah, like that's, that's maybe probably my opinion on the matter. Mm, I just—I mean, we've been talking for about a decade now, but I'm trying to remember what's what's the one that's got on your whip the most—a defeat to a to an amateur, sort of a young upstart or something. Can you can you remember? Is there one that you thought, oh, that's really you know, that's really pissed me off losing here? Um, I can't think. No, no, no not nothing. 
nothing springs to mind where you thought. Right? No. Yeah. Yeah, I bet I'm sure there is one if we dig for it. Yeah, I hope there always is. It's the black eye, like isn't it? It's the one that everybody jumps on, you know, like, you know, uh, obviously they love it when it's a former world champion or whatever. There's always sort of mileage in it, isn't there? But um, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's part and parcel of the modern game. But um, so just finally, it's, it's the Scottish Open uh, up next. Uh, the event runs between December the 6th and 12th. Um, I, I had a look yesterday, but any idea at this stage when you know who and, and when you'll be playing? Um, I've got Andrew Higginson on Monday night. Right. The, the sixth, is it? Right, okay. Yeah. Or, yeah. Yeah, that would make so sense. So, to yeah. play, to play possibly Matt Selt, I think he's like, they've already had qualifying for it, so the draw's sort of right. already done like that way. Yeah. And then straight after that, we've got the Grand Prix, which obviously having a couple of matches, wins in the UK, has pushed me up to, I think, 15 or 16 as we stand. Right. So, yeah. It's a top thirty-two, so I'm 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 in that already. So hmm. then it's Christmas. Yeah, as I say, <laughs> then you can finally put your feet up, mate, and have a drink. Yeah. Yeah. Nice one, Stu. That's great. As always, thank you very much for your time today, and of course, good luck in Wales next week. Lovely. Thanks a lot. Cheers, James. <laughs>